Hello and welcome to Watch It Baptist Church Online. We're back looking at our teaching series at the moment. This is the third uh, in our series looking at discipleship. Let's begin in prayer. Lord Jesus, we want to know how to follow you. Some of us have been looking at that and, and working at it and, and trusting you for a long time. Others, not so long. We pray that you would inspire us in fresh ways, that you would shine new light on what it means to follow you, and that we would be blessed uh, by your spirit as we think and read together. Amen. God's purpose is to make us like Christ, and God's way is to fill us with his Holy Spirit. There's a thing in live music performance called looping. It's something that music artists use to create uh, the sound of a whole band, but without having a whole band. With a guitar, you can make a sound a bit like a drum, and you can make a sound that's a bit like a bass guitar, and then you can make the sound of a normal guitar as well. Or you can use a loop to create a mixture of sounds, even... Um, sort of vocal backing that you can then sing over the top of. The thing is, a loop then repeats. So you create this loop, and as you create it, it repeats and repeats and repeats, and everything else you do can go over the top of it. The loop will keep running until you stop it, and the other sounds keep running over the top. The idea is to set a foundation for the music, a foundation that means that you... Um, you can kind of be creative on top of it. The rhythm and the bass and the backing vocals can all be set running and the melody runs over the top. It's used by Ed Sheeran. It's used by, um, or was used by Ange Hardy uh, and is used by Katie Tunstall and, and others. And various other bands, sort of, not just solo artists, but bands use them too to sort of just create something that, that sits underneath. It provides that foundation. It, it loops over and over again. But the foundation, unlike the one for a building, isn't static. It's dynamic. It's a foundation that has life of its own. A foundation that contributes something. It doesn't just sit underneath, but actually offers something in. When we think about being disciples, we think about following Jesus and walking with Jesus and living like Jesus. And we talked about it being like an apprenticeship too. We can understand this in different ways. For example, to be a disciple is to have the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God, or sometimes called the Spirit of Christ, living in you. Those who have the Spirit in them uh, and are committed to living like disciples will be recognisable in various ways. Jesus said that people would see that you are disciples if you love each other. Paul writes that those who have the Spirit in them will be recognisable by their attitudes. That's where we get um, those nine um, fruits of the Spirit from. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. Jesus described being a, a disciple as being someone who follows Jesus and ultimately God's plan is that we would follow him and become like him. 1 John 2 verses 3 to 6, which is our main text for today, talks about this. And so does Romans 8 
28 to 29. I'm just looking at them uh, over here and I'll read the first one to you. 1 John 2, 3 to 6 says this. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is made truly complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. That was 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 to 6. For John, the writer of this letter, the same John who wrote the gospel with his name on it, and who was one of the original disciples, the original 12, knowing Jesus means obeying him, doing what he said to do and living how he lived. In fact, in these verses, John is telling his audience that if you're going to claim to be a Christian or a disciple, you should be like Christ. If you're going to claim to be a disciple, you should be following the example of Jesus. We're going to have a little look at how Paul puts this in Romans 8. And we're reading 28 and 29. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. For Paul, the writer of this letter, God works for the good of those who love him. And God wants us to be like Jesus. The 20th century theologian and author John Stott, commenting on these verses in the light of discipleship, wrote this. According to Romans 8, 28, he says, God is always working for the good purpose of his people. And according to Romans 8, 29, that good purpose is to make us like Christ. It's, it's not any old good purpose. It's a specific one. You see, God's purpose is to make us like Christ and God's way is to fill us with his Holy Spirit. The question we have to ask ourselves as we commit to living day by day as disciples of Jesus, as followers and students and apprentices of Jesus, is we need to ask whose version we are going for. My version of a Jesus follower or Jesus' own version of a Jesus follower? As they take on the pilgrimage of following Jesus, how do I know the road to take? How do I know the path I should be on today? How will I know tomorrow what the path looks like then? What am I using as a map for the journey? Is it my own best intentions? Is it the judgment of others or the fear of their judgment? Or is it Jesus himself, his life and his attitude? To follow Jesus is to pursue Christ-likeness. To be a disciple is to become more like Jesus. That really, as far as I can understand it, means that to be a disciple is to be, um, to have your character change. It's to be formed into something. That There is a concept in, in spiritual understanding, Christian spiritual understanding, called formation. And sometimes it gets called spiritual formation or character formation. But it's the idea that as as we know Jesus, as we walk with him, we are being formed into the person that we become. You can't be a disciple and stay the person you are. You're going to be growing. And if you're not growing, you're not following. The reality is that discipleship is not a destination 
to reach. It's a route to take. It's about saying that the road you're going to follow is the road to Christ-likeness. I've said it before and I believe it bears repeating that being a disciple isn't easy and isn't supposed to be, but it is worth it. It's also worth saying that just because it isn't easy, it doesn't necessarily mean that the difficult option will always be the right one. That would be like saying that Jesus wants us to suffer, and I don't think Jesus tells us that at all. He says we are likely to suffer, or we can expect to suffer as we're following Jesus. But he also says that the Father loves to give good gifts and bless us. The search in discipleship is a search to become more truly human, as truly human as Jesus was. Jesus who was entirely God, but also entirely man. Jesus who shows us um, what God intended humanity to be like. Discipleship is a genuine, discipleship is a genuine from here to eternity experience. It's about putting on the boots, intending to keep walking with Jesus. It's about dressing yourself right for that journey and it's about knowing the way to travel so about having a map a guide to show you what the road ahead might be like or how to travel it what route might need to be taken that map is an understanding of what it means to follow Jesus I am going to very briefly run through six things that help us understand what it means to be Christ-like they are all quite short number one love Ephesians 5 verses 1 to 2 says this, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. To be like Jesus is to love as Jesus did. Jesus loved with compassion, with lots of patience, and with practicality, and with warmth, with acceptance too. Secondly, endurance. I'm going to go to 1 Peter 2 for this. We're reading verses 20 and 21. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. To be like Jesus is to show endurance in suffering as Jesus did. Jesus endured with patience and confidence because he knew there was a bigger picture and was confident of that bigger picture. Number three, mission. John 17, this time, verses 15 to 18. My prayer, he says, is not that you take them out of the world. This is Jesus praying to the Father of his disciples. Not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. To be like Jesus is to be sent out by God like Jesus was. Jesus accepted the call to go and to go with the power of the Holy Spirit. Number four, attitude. We're in Philippians 2 now, verses 5 to 8. In your relationships, writes Paul, with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross, that shameful torturous and horrific experience to be like jesus is to save have the same attitude he had jesus knew who he was but remained humble 
Number five, service. Back into John's Gospel, this time chapter 13 and verses 13 to 15. He says, You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. To be like Jesus is to serve the way he did. Jesus had every right to ask others to serve him, but instead he served others, accepting the most ordinary and menial tasks in order to serve those who God loves. It's worth remembering here that Jesus' ultimate call was to serve God. His serving of people was a way of doing that. He wasn't called to serve people, he was called to serve God, but serving others is a way of expressing that. Number six, last of our list, be powered by the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3, this time, verses 16 to 17. As soon as Jesus was baptised, Jesus went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. To be like Jesus is to accept the same power that came to power him, the Holy Spirit. Jesus' ministry didn't start until the Holy Spirit had given him that power. Jesus needed the Holy Spirit in order to fulfil his ministry. Those are six things that I think make for a helpful map as we follow Jesus and choose to try to become like him. In this final one, it is the Holy Spirit that makes all the others possible. That number six is kind of crucial. William Temple, who was the Archbishop of Canterbury in uh, the Second World War, wrote this uh, as a way of explaining the, the significance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He wrote this. It's no good giving me a play like Hamlet or King Lear and telling me to write a play like that. Shakespeare could do it. I can't. And it is no good showing me a life like the life of Jesus and telling me to live a life like that. Jesus could do it. I can't. But if the genius of Shakespeare could come and live in me, then I could write plays like his. And if the spirit of Jesus could come and live in me, then I could live a life like his. You see, God's purpose is to make us like Christ, and God's way is to fill us with his Holy Spirit. We started off by talking about looping that uh, technique used by musicians particularly live musicians with looping the thing that underpins the song is that looping drum sound bass sound and vocals with christ likeness we accept the words of jesus the experience of jesus the love and endurance and mission and attitude and service and love and spirit of jesus and let them play on in a loop as the foundation of our lives we let the music of Jesus' life underpin the melody and lyrics of our own day-to-day -day experience. You see, God's purpose is to make us like Christ. And God's way is to fill us with his Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would renew your Holy Spirit within us. That we would be... Uh, willing to allow that loop of your words and your priorities, your attitudes and your outlook to be that dynamic foundation in our lives. Help us to keep returning to the Bible as a way of seeing what God revealed uh, 
is like. Help us to keep going back to the things you did and the way you did them so that we might be like you, disciples, followers, those who obey you and those who are apprentices seeking to become more like you. Bless us with these things we pray. Amen. Okay, we're asking three questions again. Question number one is really about that idea of looping. So what are you going to have playing into your life that is the dynamic foundation for your discipleship? What will be that recurring drumbeat? What will be the bass line? What will be the backing vocals? Or whatever else it might be that, that keep looping around underneath the melody of your life so that you might become more like Jesus. What are they going to be and how are you going to introduce them to your life or keep them running in your life? Question two. Are you somebody who recognises that the Holy Spirit is a person? There are three persons of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. But maybe sometimes we don't see the Holy Spirit as a person in the same way. And that might be challenging. That might be part of what makes it tricky to understand how the Holy Spirit might be part of your life and involved in your life. I guess the question really, rather than all that preamble, the question is, are you willing to invite the Holy Spirit into your life today and to do it again tomorrow and the day after? Are you willing to do that? And that's kind of a yes, no answer. So maybe it needs a bonus bit with it that says how might you um, ask for help, ask for encouragement? Who might you turn to to say, I really want to engage more with the Holy Spirit. Can you talk with me about it or help me with, help me with it? Or, or even just be someone who talks to me and I talk to you about what it's like to have the Holy Spirit involved in my life. And question three, what's your map? What are the marker points on your map? What do you, what do you do to bring the map back before your, your eyes or your mind so that you are deliberately choosing to walk uh, the Jesus route in your life? How do you make that map a reality for you day by day? Those are our three questions. Take care. I'll see you again soon.